Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm Rose Wins and Burns on my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. How's life? How's life, man? <laughs> it's going pretty good, man. And uh, we have a, a doubleheader show tonight with uh, When They See Us review with, uh, with a special guest, um, Serge Brevere. And then in the second half, um, we'll have a review of Parasite. But um, Serge, um, he was on for our Just Mercy review um, several episodes ago. Um, a current co- college classmate of mine and a good friend. But uh, thanks for being back on, man. Hey, praise God, man. I'm happy to be on right now. So. Yeah, man, absolutely. And to start it off with the overview of When They See Us, um, When They See Us is a 2019 American crime web television miniseries created, co-written, and directed by um, Ava uh, DuVernay for Netflix. It premiered in four parts on May 31st, 2019. It's based on events of the 1989 Central Park jogger case and explores the lives and families of the five male suspects who were falsely accused and prosecuted on charges related to the rape and assault of a woman in Central Park, New York, New York City, and um, the cast features Jarrell Jerome, Asante Black, um, Jovan Adepo, Michael K. Williams, Logan Marshall Green, Joshua Jackson, Blair Underwood, um, Vera Farmiga, uh, John uh, Leguizamo, Le- Le- uh, Felicity Hoffman, Nisi Nash, um, Anuja Ellis, Marsha Stephanie Blake, and Kylie um, Bunbury. It had a 96% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and um, this also received much acclaim for its casting and performances at the... Um, 71st Primetime Emmy Awards received 11 nominations. Uh, Jerome won um, for an Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie while it was um, nominated for Outstanding Limited Series. And um, this series also won the Critics' Choice Television Awards for Best Limited Series. And um, this miniseries highlighted not just seeing, but witnessing as each as each of the five are honored as discrete human beings, being from 14 to 16. And they were scared, scared children rather than, the, than as the delinquents and gangsters that they were made out to be. Um, but to start it off, Serge, like what were your initial thoughts of this miniseries and who these five young men really were and the trauma they experienced? Yeah. So when I first watched the uh, the series, um, there was, there's honestly just so much emotion I was going through, um, through me. Like I had so much anger within me. I had sadness, mm-hmm. you know, grief because the series was that good. I mean, the acting was so, so real. The cinematography was so real. Like I, I, I felt as if I was actually a part of this, you know, um, like as if I, I was with them and I was struggling with them. I can imagine myself growing up in that very environment. And so, um, the director does a phenomenal job in regards to telling uh, the story of these five men and uh, what they went through. And so far this movie, not movie, my bad, this, this series, um, is a wonderful series, especially in regards to explaining, um, you know, the reality of injustice, uh, in our society and, and what it looks like. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and save on to you, like, um, this, as Serge was saying, like, it's a very triggering show. There's yeah. so much, um, just trauma and grief that that's experienced by these, um, by these five young men uh, to you kind of like, what were your initial thoughts of it as last year? It was such, um, a trending show. So many people were talking about it and it just created a right. necessary conversation that we still need to have today. You know what, man? I'm with Serge. Every inch of my being, man, and wanting me just to just go berserk, man. But I only got through the first episode, bro. 
I'm not going to be completely honest. That's how mad I was. Like, I was seriously mad. It provoked so many emotions in me yeah. because this has been happening for eons, bro. Like, it just thinking about it makes me so mad. And it took them this long to be... Ah, uh, so, some, something in one, wants me to be not, not this... Excuse me. Something in me wants this to be like a fiction. Like a fiction... You know, mm-hmm. not a true story. I would feel better a little like bit. Like a novel. Like a novel a little bit. Like it's it's fiction. But like movies like, I mean, shows like this or movies like Fruit, Fruitville Station, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Like all those movies just provoke so much like hatred in me because look what they've done just because of the color of our skin. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's really crazy. But this only one, one episode, bro. I tried to get through it. It was, I got too mad. But it was yeah. a, the first episode was really yeah. really good. Those the young actors that played the you know depicted those those guys who actually went through that man, a awesome job, real awesome job. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and that's and that's really one of the biggest things. Like some people, they could not finish this series. The 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 frustration, as as you um as, as um Savon and, and Sergi both mentioned that like it was just so great. Um, to you, Serge, in, in terms of like a series like this, that that, that it, it creates so much just like anger and venom um, for so many of us. L- like, what were your thoughts on just kind of trying to process like um, what each episode was trying to say and what this series was, was trying to present as? Yes, we can be frustrated, but at the same time, just trying to like encapsulate what the message was trying to represent. Yeah. So um, I liked how um, throughout the series they break down. Um, the life of uh, each individual and like what what it looked like after they came out of juvenile detention uh, and or at least for Corey Wise um, prison. And um, we see how even when they did get out, uh, their lives were still being affected um, by this specific injustice. Right. Um, let's say, for instance. So in regards to Raymond Centeno. Right. Um so his father told him to go to the park because he believed that it will be a better place for him to, to be at instead of just being in the streets where, you know, there might be drug deals and, and stuff like that. So he listened to his father. He went to the park and then he got into this entanglement. Now, what was that? I think six, seven years after he finally got out of uh, juvenile detention, he goes back home. His father, I believe, remarries another woman, you know, who has kids. And this woman is just rude. She is rude. Like she just disrespects him. Uh, she doesn't like him. And, you know, he's trying to settle down. He can't, you know, he can't get a job. Um, the girl that he used to talk to, um, you know, it seemed like he just can't be with her and stuff like that. He's struggling to get his life together. You know, in regards to the other two men, um, in regards to uh, Yousef and who was the other guy? Yousef and... Antron. Antron. Yeah, Antron McCray, right? Uh, we see that they're having yeah, difficulties. Antron. Yeah, they're having difficulties finding work. Um they're being told that they had to like confess that yes, they did the crime, but because they know that they did it, they wouldn't submit to that, uh, to that, uh, to that very thing, that very statement. And so because of that, they can't really live the lives to the fullest. Right. Um, and it, it's crazy because like we see how this specific situation is it, really, it literally ruined their lives, even though they're out of uh, prison or juvenile detention. And so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and getting to our first topic from one to four stars, what would you give this particular mini series? Um, to, to me, it was, it was definitely a four star 
um, miniseries as the hearing event, hearing events were laid out so well in the layer of humanity that was added, um, being such an essential element of it. And for the viewers, it challenges to reconsider what it means um, to find true justice. Um, but to you, Serge, like from one to four stars, what would you give it? Four stars. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it, it just it just was a, a, a excellently uh, portrayed type of series. Um, Savon, looking back at it, um, you know, obviously, like you know, there was only so much viewing that that, that you could really like um, take right. all in. But um, just just from what you saw, like from one to four stars, and, and where it was headed, uh, what would you give it? Four, four for sure, man. Yeah, it's just you you felt the emotion in the actors. The actors believe, like they really kind of like indulge in the character because it's not a fictional character. It's a real life story. They got to talk to the people who went through this, the different different people who, the names, Raymond and Yousef and all these guys who went through this situation. They actually can touch their story, hear their story firsthand. And I think it kind of translated into what they did on the screen. So man, yeah, definitely four stars. I'm 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 going to I'm going to put past my anger and I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish the series tonight. Uh, but when I when I did watch it, man, it was just like, oh god. But now nah, definitely four stars. It was just depicted correctly, yeah. Yeah. And um, may, may I say yeah, this, absolutely. right? May I say this, right? I feel like what really um, was a heart of the story was um, Corey Wise, um, Jarrell Jerome's mm-hmm. character, right? By episode four, we see either I think it was like part of episode three to episode four or episode four. We see what happened to Corey Wise. Um, the person that wasn't even supposed to be there in the precinct in the first place, you know, like he was just there to support yeah. his friend. And um, I believe his friend was Yusef, right? When Yusef's mother realizes right. that my son is in the precinct for some apparent reason, I don't even know about this. She goes and gets him, but Corey is left there, right? And Corey was never supposed to mm-hmm. be there, but seeing what he went through, Jerrell Jones did a fantastic job playing that character. But seeing what he went through, seeing the amount of emotion, and not just that, but also just how it affected psyche, right? Like, I feel like that was really, like, the heart yeah. of the whole series. And so that's why I had to give it a four. It was phenomenal. I cried two times. Twice. I don't like Man. I don't like crying, okay? I don't. I don't like crying. Yeah. But it made me cry twice. And so. Yeah, definitely. Um Transitioning to, to favorite character, um, for me, it, it was Antron McCray as, you know, how the divide happened between him and his father um, as his father convinced him to, to tell the people what they wanted to hear, um, believing they would let him go. And he was still just figuring out how this kind of world operated, um, along with the pain, conflicting emotions of the breakdown of the relationship between him and his father. He was, he was one of the most adamant ones in terms of just wanting to stick to the truth and keeping um, a youthful innocence. But um, to you, Serge, like, Overall, who was your favorite character? I would say Jerome, um, Jerome's character, um, Corey Wise. Again, it goes back to what I said before. Yeah. Um, that for, for one, Corey Wise, he wasn't the smartest kid, right? He didn't go to school oftentimes. He would rather go hang out with his friends or be with his girlfriend, right? Um, but then seeing how he ended up in that situation, you know, being coerced into a confession He's not a smart kid. I mean, all he knows is he just wants to go home. He stated that over and over again throughout the series. Like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And it's kind of sad seeing this kid. He's not smart. He's in a sticky situation. And how he's going to get out of this, he he didn't have a lot of options, you know, and he made the confession. And what's even stranger is he wasn't even supposed to be there, but yet his sentence was a lot lot more harsh, right? 
And then what was really right. interesting is like you see him like he was he was he was very he was very strong in regards to his, his position, right? He was beaten in prison countless times, right? He was sent into solitary yeah. confinement, which was his choice that way he could survive. You see that he has a mental breakdown, you know, having all sorts of hallucinations and all, and all that kind of stuff. And also what they did not explain in the, in the series, and I assume because it was a bit too difficult, was Corey Wise actually uh, was uh, raped or molested in prison, right? They don't talk about that in the series. Mm-hmm. And um, Corey Wise uh, tells in, in this uh, in this interview, uh, he says, when that happened, he died in that instance. Like, he just... He just died. Corey Rice, Corey Rice died. You know, his innocence was gone. And so seeing Jarrell Jones play Corey Wise and seeing how good of a job he did in regards to displaying the emotion of what he would have went through experiencing all that, he has to be uh, my favorite character. He has to be. He earned that part. He played that role. And so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and Savon, out of what you saw f- from these characters, um, like whose story t- to you, like, like did, did you just kind of like, just kind of stuck with you the most and, and was like um, your, your favorite character from your perspective? All four, man. Um, I can't pick one. Mm-hmm. I think every last one of the stories, man, it's like, I, I, I would, <laughs> I would surge, man. I teared up a little bit. I was like, man, these are young yeah. boys. Like, man, it's just in a terrible situation, bad place, you know. But I like all four of the stories. I think I'm I'm leaning more towards, I just said I like all of them. I'm leaning more towards Raymond because he did have that father figure and he did listen to his dad. And most kids don't listen to their dad. And he was just trying to just be in a just be in a good place. And then when he comes back, it's kind of changed. It's that it's just a whole situation. So I don't know, man. It's just all four. I'm just gonna go all four. I think I'm gonna take the easy road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh transitioning to the most memorable scene. Um at the interrogation um, scene, the sentencing, um, Corey, Corey, uh, Corey um, in court where um, the prosecutor, Elizabeth, uh, a letterer grills wise on the witness stand, asking him to read a confession he, al- he allegedly made to the police. Um, also the confessionals, um, Corey first in prison, um, uh, another one w- w- with him getting uh, beat up and, and just um, having a, a very difficult time in solitary confinement um, after that. And just episode four really highlighted the experience that Corey went through and, and and just the the difficulties, so many difficulties that that he experienced um, being tried as an adult. Um, another one, Raymond Santana returning home, where um, he meets his father's new family and wife, and it's a tough scene as it should be exuberant and celebratory. But uh, w- with him returning, but his dad's wife doesn't want him there, and conviction keeps blooming over him. Um, Corey reminiscing about his older sibling. This is when. Corey's in solitary confinement and is recalling when his trans older sibling looked out for him and, and took care of him until their mother threw um, Marcy out of their home for um, dressing in women's clothing and insisting on being called Marcy instead of Norman. And then finally, the the investigator the investigator's reaction to the accurate evidence um, at the end where they're presented the evidence and their self-righteousness and stubbornness just could not even allow them to admit that they were wrong, even though they found the sixth rapist and not a shred of um, guilt was shown by them. Um, but to you, Serge, kind of, kind of like what was the most memorable scene um, for you? I think the most memorable, memorable scene for me would be um, Corey, Wise, Corey Wise in Solitary Confinement and when he was hallucinating. And uh, he, he imagines as if, um, you know, what if he never left uh, that restaurant with his girlfriend? Like, 
Um, what if he just stayed with her like he wanted him to? And, um, you know, there's a moment where like he imagines being with her and like he's him, his young self. And they go into this theme park and just having a good time. And, you know, um, where he hallucinates about his mother and then um, just seeing like how he wishes. What would my life be like if I just stayed, you know, like what would happen if I just didn't go you know, go to uh, Central Park? I mean, this would have never happened. And that hit me. Seeing that scene, seeing Corey Wise just stripped down and sweaty and by himself and and pretty much losing his psyche, you know, behaving as a 14 year old, because, I mean, technically, in a way, it seemed like he just never grew up. That made me tear up. That made me cry. You know what I mean? That broke me down. And so it would be that scene for me. Yeah. Definitely. Um, to, to you, Savon, um, what was kind of your most memorable scene um, from what you saw? I think uh, I saw a glimpse of, I can't remember what episode this is. I think, I forgot who mom was in. There was in like the visiting room and she asked him, um, what is it like for you in here? I can't remember what else was said. Mm. It was like a glimpse. That that seems like it's survival. I, I remember him saying it's survival in here, and her just face it was just like just lost. Like I mean, that was a that was a powerful scene. I mean, I'm yeah. already got past the the first episode, but um, no, nah, I think that scene. I forgot where I saw that. Probably on Facebook because I'd be on Facebook sifting. Um, but yeah, that scene, <laughs> that scene right there, man. When it, when the mom was just asking him how it is it how was it like in here for you. And that question, you—the question is so broad, but it's you want to understand if they even told you how how it is in jail and what mm-hmm. they got to go through and stuff like that. And but yeah, I thought that was a a pretty dope scene. Yeah, um, listening to to most memorable quotes, um, I had uh, somebody loves you, baby, you getting out, um, from Dolores. Nobody else should be paying for mine, um, by Mateus Reyes. Um, sometimes all you can do is try your best, um, from Corey. Um, if they don't want to hear my truth, I don't want to waste um, my energy. Another one from Corey. Um, I'm done with everything here except for you um, from Marcy Wise. Um, what people stole from you, you can't buy back from Raymond uh, Santana Sr. When they say boys, they're not talking about us. They're talking about other boys from other places. When did we ever get to be boys from um, Raymond Santana? And then oh, finally, happiness is something to look for. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a gripping, gripping quote. Um, and then finally, happiness is something to look forward to from uh, Angie Richardson um, to, to you, Serge, kind of like what was the most memorable quote? Yeah, that's a difficult question because like, honestly, this whole series, there's just so much, I mean, amazing statements that are, that are made throughout. Um, uh, I would want to say that when Corey, um, he was, I believe in his second prison, right? Um, and he's doing pushups in his room and a, and a police officer's like, hey, it's time for your parole here. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. And the cop was like, "What do you mean that you're good?" And he's like, "If they don't want to hear my truth, then you know I don't want to. I don't want to go." And you know, just seeing, that, I'm like, "No, Corey, good for you, good for you, Corey," because you know he he stood by his beliefs, he stood by his conviction, he knew that he was innocent. Absolutely. And even if let's say let's say this, let's say this, even if let's say they decrease his parole, um, decrease his sentence, or he was able to get out, right? His name would still be tarnished. Mm-hmm. He'll still be looked upon as that that young kid, that monster, that animal that raped a woman and left her for dead, right? And so even if he did that, right, let's say that happened. Let's say he, he did get out of jail. 
and his life would be better than being in prison and getting beat up by a bunch of Nazis or being stabbed to death and being used by a police officer, right? He stuck by his conviction and he chose to stay there because he knew the truth. And I respected that so much. I respected that so much. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, Savon, to you, uh, out of all these quotes, uh, which, which one was kind of like the most memorable one for you? I think it was a, <clears throat> it was a short quote, but it was a conversation on the street. I think uh, his character was Elambre Broth. I think he was talking to uh, I want to say Santana, or yeah, Raymond Santana. He was like, mm-hmm. I forgot what the conversation was. He was like, "Man, go get your life back." I, that was just like yeah. that one line. It was like, "Man, go get your life back." Crazy so line. Yeah, that was yeah, that was dope. That was a really dope line. But the other other one you said, boys, how they were talking about somebody else. That's really that was on top of my list too. Yeah, when did we ever get to be boys? Mm-hmm. That was a nice yeah. one. Um, transitioning to to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, you, you know, for me, how this miniseries used real history to condemn the present and presents the realistic image in our society and country of, of who you appear to be, uh, mattering for, far more than than you know you actually are, and, and just the image of a person in terms of like the actual principles and and who they really are, um, in terms of just 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 seeing the image and, and making your assumptions and judgments based on that. Um, so you search like, what did you like the most about this particular storyline? Um, I would say, I would say it would be this, honestly. Um, so one, seeing how real it is, because of course this stuff happens in real life. Um, I just watched a video of a young man. He was, uh, he was released um, from, from prison, from incarceration. And um, that was a famous, uh, politician that's running for election. Now, I didn't do my uh, a background check in regards to who this man is, or not his uh, story is you know, actual, but um, it was on Instagram and he was on uh, like some type of documentary or whatever. But pretty much he was wrongfully incriminated and the evidence that could free them was um, hidden until like his uh, actual sentence or whatnot. And so, I mean, this actually happens. Um, there's another video of, I think, two or three other men they got out of prison around their like 30s or 40s, right? And they've been incarcerated for like yeah. over, I think, a decade or two. I think like over two decades, right? And they finally got exonerated. And so like this happens a lot more than we think um, it happens. And so I like how real it was. You know, um, I liked how we see not only um, every single character, how raw they were, um, how they dealt with the situation how the community knew that these boys were innocent. Um, mm-hmm. But also just how we see the individual lives of each character. You know, it wasn't just some broader general, uh, you know, portrayal, but you see the mindset and the, and the emotion and the struggle of each and every individual. You know what I mean? And so I, I really like the series. So every individual was was accurately portrayed everyone had their own separate story that was highlighted even more it just wasn't like you know each one's put together and, and we're all just finding out them all together everyone gets their own separate um story interpreted and, and, and revealed from their own perspective and um to, to, to you Savon, like kind of like what did you like the most about this particular storyline that it was a true story um well to to a certain extent no, I, I like how everything was. It, it felt real, and every every the, from the young characters who play the younger guys to the older guys who played and depicted the the characters. It was really well. The storyline, I it flowed well. It gave you a perspective. Um, 
from the family, from the kids, from from the the the, the system, just everything. It just intertwined with each other, and um, it gave it gave the viewer something to um, to sink their teeth in and to really think about. That a lot of these stories go unknown and go un, un, unheard of because you know we don't have some people don't have the resources to find out about these things. And now we're bringing things to the light. I like how the storyline did so. Now everybody knows more. They're more aware of what the, the justice system does to um, black people and uh, people of uh, color. So yeah, I, I like how they did mm-hmm. all that and just bring everything to the light. Yeah, absolutely. And interesting to our last topic, um, 10 years from now, do you still think it, it's watchable and intriguing? This is, you know, very recent, just, just last year. Um, but to me, I, I definitely think it is as this was a very triggering show, but it's required viewing. Um, it's an American story, a, a true one that pulls back the layers of, of a corrupt system that um, devalued lives, particularly um, Black lives, and, and still does. And the trauma and grief is something that um, were highlighted and eff- effectively and accurately as this tragedy was brought to the forefront. Um, but to you, Serge, as you know, this is um, very recent, a, a very recent show, and a, a year back, a year later, we're looking back at it. Um, but to you in particular, 10 years from now, what, what do you think this will still, what will still make this um, watchable and intriguing? Um, I, I do believe so. I, I do believe it will still be uh, watchable. Um, if you think about it, right. Um, so these uh, young men, they were exonerated not so long ago. Um, and their story w- was, was being told by Netflix um, last year. And so, I mean, in what, almost two decades. I mean, this story was still being thought of. Um, it, was, it was being planned to be produced. And when it finally came out, I would say it shocked so many people. And I think because it, it deals with something that is so personal, um, it deals with something that is kind of dark and that a lot of people, especially people who, let's say, have uh, certain stances and, and certain worldviews where they like to think that I love this country. I love this country. You know, I love America. I love my freedom. But sometimes they kind of shy away from the realities of what actually happens, especially in the backwards. And well, I do agree that this nation of ours, uh, you know, we are blessed to be in this nation. There are things that, that need to be addressed and that need to be corrected. Um, and so I do believe that this is still watchful, that this is still relevant because it still happens, you know injustices that needs to be corrected and that needs to be put into light especially you know as christians if we truly believe that you know god is a god of justice and we are to to you know depict him uh, or like you know live in light of his truth and live in light of his word we ought to desire true right. justice in his lifetime as well you know and so yeah i do believe it is watchable and still relevant to this day and Savon, uh, to, to close it out, uh, to, to you, like, what do you think will still make this um, a watchable and, and intriguing miniseries ten years from now? As it, it, it's it's so timely, it's still relevant, something that we're all seeing even still today. Right. I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think that aspect, and I think it's going to be like cringe. <clears throat> excuse me. People going to cringe when they watch it, just like just like now. One year later, I'm pretty sure everybody has the same reaction. Uh, to the series, and I think ten years from now is watchable, definitely watchable. But it's going to be like a cringe, just like, and it's going to be the same reaction. But I do think it's watchable. I think it's necessary for people to 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 watch this series. 
Um, it's definitely watchable. It's definitely uh, relevant. Uh, people still go through this every single day. We still have justice for a lot of cases that get swept under the rug. Um, but yeah, most definitely watchable 10 years for now. But same reaction that is going to get, that it got in 2019, that is getting today, actually. So, Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Serge, it has been an absolute pleasure as always. Uh, we always love having you on it and we're, we're definitely going to have you um, back on again soon, but thanks for being on, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for the first part. We'll be right back with our Parasite Review. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our Parasite Review and we're joined by a special guest, um, Chanel Levis. I'm a former college classmate of mine and coworker. Uh, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And to start it off with the overview, Parasite is a 2019 South Korean uh, comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon-ho, which also um, will also co-write the screenplay with um, An Jin-won, starring Song Kang-ho, Lee Sun uh, Kyun, Ch- uh, Choi Yang-jang, uh, Choi Wee-shik, um, Park Sodam, uh, Jang Hai-jin, and Lee Jong-won. And this film follows the members of a poor family who schemed uh, to become empowered by a wealthy family by infiltrating their household and po- posing as unrelated, highly qualified individuals. It had a budget of $20.5 billion and $11.4 million in the U.S. Um, it also brought in $264.5 million in the box office, also the highest grossing South Korean film um, ever. And um, it had a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, became the first South Korean oh, film to win. Hey man, I know we 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 like Rotten Tomatoes a lot, actually not as much after <laughs> Rotten Tomato after it gave Shutter Island 68%, but it does have the highest rated um Rotten Tomato score that, that we've ever done. And um, you know, it, it became the first South Korean film to win the Palme d'Or and um it won a leading four awards at the 92nd Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Director. Best Original Screenplay and Best International Feature Film. And this is the uh, first non-English film to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Um, but to start it off, Chanel, like, what were your initial thoughts of the film and it just having a dominant historic night, um, capturing a groundbreaking moment with, with just so much success? Um, I mean, I didn't really expect anything from it. I yeah. normally don't watch foreign films, but I gave it a shot and honestly... I'm still thinking about it. There's a lot of things that were just going on in the movie that just mm-hmm. kind of left me just thinking. And the more I thought about it, like I just, my mind would just go off the rails. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know, Roma from 2018, another international film um, directed by um, Alfonso Cuaron had won Best Foreign Film Best Director and Best Cinematography, it was considered to be a front runner for Best Picture, but lost the Green Book. And many think that the Oscar success of Roma played a part in the explosion of Parasite's 2020 success and the Academy's um, foreign film glass ceiling just had, had kind of been shattered in a way. But to you, Savon, like, what were your thoughts on the influence of a previous film possibly having an influence on Parasite's success and what we've all been waiting for, what the Full Scope, full scope listeners have all been waiting for, Savon, your, your thoughts on Parasite? <laughs> Were you really waiting a bunch? Oh man, <laughs> I thought it was an okay film. I really thought I, I like the storyline. I love how it, I guess, moved throughout. I don't know. I just wasn't. I wasn't engaged with it. Maybe because it was uh, not my normal type of film. Um, really not a thriller slash scary movie type guy. 
Um, mine's more romantic comedy, comedy, whatever, action. But no, I really thought, I, I did thought it was good. The last scene, man, it kind of sold me. I was like, oh my gosh. But we'll get into the last scene. But no, I really thought it was good. I thought it was yeah. depicted. I love how they double tapped in this movie. No, I think it was triple tapped. Um, I think you guys know what I'm talking about when he hit, his, hit him like three times with the rock. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they uh I got I'm glad they I'm glad they infused yep. uh, Zombie mm-hmm. Island. That was wild. Yeah, they infused Zombie Island in it a little bit. Just a little no, wild, Zavon. <laughs> the double tap. I like that. It was it was pretty good. That was the best thing about this movie, the double tap. I mean, this, this like in a year where there were so many yeah. other like good films like Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman. Um, it, it's compared to so many other films like Chanel. To you, like, was it just the fact that it was international film getting a lot of like accolades surprise you, or the fact that it was just kind of able to beat out other film, other standard films that people maybe liked even more as they were like more accustomed to seeing those types of films compared to a different one like this. I feel like. The fact that, um, you know, just the culture now, they just want more diversity in just everything. So I think mm-hmm. that played in the success of Parasite. And they just, the fact that um, even though it was a Korean movie, it was so applicable just in general. Yeah. And I think that's that's what drove the success. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and Sevan, like, the we, we we've reviewed a couple other films in terms of uh 2019 films like once upon a time in once upon a time in hollywood was the other one that we reviewed and this was like a kind of a stacked year like martin scorsese has the irishman on netflix a, a major success and then this this one just comes out of nowhere even the marriage story was another netflix film that kind of had a lot of attention but but to you like like how much did it surprise you that it was kind of able to beat out even those types of films for international film to win an academy award and beat out like Joker. I think once upon a time, once upon a time was okay, but the Joker was a phenomenal movie. To it to beat that, it had to be really, really good. To some people, like Rotten Tomato, give it a ninety nine percent. I do not see it, but I do think it's a different, different uh, depiction of most thriller movies and most uh, movies that that are nominated for Academy Award. I think that's why it was. I think that's like why it got yeah. more acclaim than it. I think it should have got. Uh, in my opinion, but I do think it had to be really, really good to some people in the higher ups to beat out movies like The Joker, Irishman, and Once Upon a Time. I mean, it you it got you sold because you picked it to win. I picked The Joker. I don't know about Chanel. Like, what did did, did you I have did, to win the Academy Award? You, 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 oh, she's not. Yeah, what was your pick? What? Who was like? What was your pick for 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 who was going to win the Oscars? Like, like, did you? Was there another movie that you saw that you thought may have beaten it out? No, like I, okay. Even though I did, I did like Parasite. I didn't agree to how, like, how much, how many awards it won. I it just blew me so away. That it just, it just kept rolling with just the awards, the and I was kind of confused. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, they do this deserve it, but I think it's just. They just, the film was released in, like, the culture today. It was just released at the right oh, time. Oh, perfect. If it was, yeah, if it was released, like, maybe a couple years ago, no. I don't think 
it wouldn't have gone this far. What a valid point. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I extend this, Wellington. Shut up. <laughs> so if Jordan, I mean, Peel would have never put out, uh, I think it was uh, Get Out, and what's the other one? See, uh, Us? I don't think this film. Us. That Us, is yeah. a great point. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love his films. And I think he kind of paved the way. For Parasite too, because people were comparing Parasite I've never with Get Out and us. for guests before this early the on parallels. in the yeah. This early, <laughs> I've never applauded up eight uh, minutes this early. <laughs> what a point! I didn't even think about that. Oh wow, Wellington, you're served. Oh God, okay. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on, man. He's giving a a guess and applause. Oh, gosh. That was amazing. (laughs) It was. It was was a very valid... I mean, Jordan Peele's success in terms of what he was able to Mm -hmm. do in certain thrillers... Yep. ...kind of gave it credit for this one. And sometimes, like, that was kind of, like, the overbearing nature because many people didn't agree with it getting this um, much Mm -hmm. type of success. Um, But to start it off, from from one to four stars, um, Chanel, like, from your perspective, what would you give it? To me, I didn't, I couldn't give it like a two. I'll give it like a three. Okay. Like, yeah, just like a modest three. Because it was good. There was a lot of thought put into it. And there's a lot of symbolism. For most people, it would just go past their heads. Mm-hmm. Which it did for me. I had to like rewatch it. Because honestly, the first time I just watched it. And it was just like an adrenaline rush. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this mm-hmm. and then the second time I just kind of like got it. I'm like, okay, so that's what he was trying to say. That's why you know, certain shots were taken like this and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, to me to me it was it was kind of like a four-star film just kind of like based on the brilliantly like layered take it had on social themes mm-hmm. that, you know, just her timely and Bong Joon-ho's direction was in total command of his craft. And yeah. there's just a visual wit with every shot distilling the movie's themes. Um, it's, it's, it's like for some people, it was an overreaction to like what it got. And that's kind of like what annoyed some people about it. But um, so you say, on like from, from one to four stars, what would you give it? I'll give it a three. Um, I do think yeah. it was well thought out. I think it does. Now that it's just like, yeah, a veil lifts from your eyes. It does resemble us. It resembles yeah, it really us to a T. It and does. I'm like, yeah, okay. She just, you just, you just lifted the veils. That's why you got a hand clapping. An encore. <laughs> like, man, that's, that's crazy. No, I do give it a three. So I just, I do think it was well thought out. It was, it's one of those movies, like she said, you have to watch it over and over. That's something I'm not going to do. But I will use IMDB or whatever it's <laughs> called to get a synopsis of what was going on. So I can skip some stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I give it three stars. You know, I'm being generous today. It's a nice night. Um, yeah, three stars. I think I give it three stars. Yeah, um, transitioning to, to like favorite character. Um, for me, it, it, it was Kitek, the the father of the Kim family. As he's got the hardest part to play in getting rid of, of, of Moon Guang, and there's just so much he has to pull off. As not only does he have to create suspicion about her, but also convince um, Yan Goi to dispose of a Moon Guang without actually advocating for it. Um, but to you, Chanel, overall, like, who was kind of be, like, your favorite character? Like, okay, when I watched this movie, I didn't have, like, a favorite character. I just mm-hmm. saw them 
like all of them like they had strings attached to each other but the one character that kind of like stood out to me was Ki Jung cuz mm. I don't know I just kind of like when she was introduced and how she became like the teacher I just kind of like related to her in a way yeah like um she was just really smart and taking advantage of like um the naiveness of the mom it was so funny mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um to, to you Savon like who was kind of like your most uh most favorite character is it Gwense 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 no is it oh like the crazy dude yeah that's my favorite character yes Gwense, yeah <laughs> favorite character he made the movie he was so precise that that Triple, like triple tap. tap, double tap with a side of slash and a knife. It was, it was, it was really, <laughs> really good. He was, he played that role. It's uh, if you want to laugh, he's in the, like outside of him playing the character. He's in his like his business suit. He has a full head of hair. In this movie, he just has this uh, George Jefferson going on. He's bloody from the mouth down. He comes upstairs. He's chasing <laughs> after him. He did a move at the end of the scene where he put it around his neck and he put it between the pipes. What? What? Yo, huh? That move yeah. was crazy. Favorite character. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. favorite character. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, transitioning to the most memorable scenes, I had um the, the Wi-Fi and, and pizza and pizza box problem scene. The, the first scene where you're really able to see that the Kim family struggles in poverty and them trying to find um different ways to make money. Um, the art therapist scene where uh, Kijong cons our way into the, the Yeon um, Koi employ. Um, the peach fuzz poi scene. Um, the Kim family enacts uh, a cunning scheme against uh, Moon Gwang, making themselves at home while their employers are away where the Kim family enjoys themselves for the time being. Um, the scene, a ghost scene where um, Choi recounts when the song saw ghosts. Under the table scene where um, the Parks decide to sleep on the couch and then the Kims are, are hiding, trying not to get exposed for what, for what they've been up to. Um, one of the the, the kind of like most memorable scenes, the, the flooded home scene where the Kims rush to save what they can from their flooded home. Um, the no plan at all scene, kind of the one that, that I would have as the most memorable where um, key task reflects on the best kind of plans. Um, and then the planning, the impromptu scene, impromptu scene where the uh, parks plan for an impromptu party. Um, but to, to you, Chanel, like what was overall, like in your perspective, the most memorable scene? Because um, when I watched like the first time I watched this movie when they um, went to like the camping trip mm-hmm. and you know, it at this point, everything seems to be going well for them. And when I heard like that call and then it was the lady oh, and like yeah. my heart just like sank. <laughs> and from that moment on the movie just went downhill and it never came up. So that was like the tipping point, and that's like the most memorable scene for me, because mm-hmm. it just like I my heart was racing. Like this couldn't get any worse. Well, it just did. Yeah. Um. To to you, Savon. Overall, like, what was your most memorable scene? The last scene. I'm still baffled by it. Man. So outside of him triple tapping his head and coming outside, he's rushing the girl and stabbing her, and have birthday cake on his face, fighting the old lady. The guy who's asking for the keys, who was he? I th- I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of mixed up. Well, who was he? Of um, Min, the dad. The So yeah. why did he get stabbed yeah. at the end? Like, the why did he get family. stabbed? Oh, because um, it was just 
the dad Kitek, it was his tipping point. He was like, "Oh, you don't even care about this dude that's yeah, dying." Yeah, he was you so ang- yeah, he was so away. angered. Yeah, he was so angered with just the superiority that that family had, and it just boiled over. Wow, to, to him that him. is so retarded. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, it started from when, um, he had his job. Like it literally started from day one when he had his job as like the taxi driver like the personal driver mm-hmm. and he just saw that he didn't value his wife and in his head like oh you have this beautiful wife you don't even value her like that's that's where it started day one and it just grew because i know when he tried to get the keys he lifted them up and just like oh he stinks yeah and then, okay all right but yeah that that whole sequence of scenes right there that final scene and then he walked down the stairs and just like scurried in the <laughs> the door and doesn't even shut it it just, yeah. it just, it just cuts the scene yeah that was that was an interesting one and then he really bloodied the guy like he looked at him and threw the rock down again yeah that was a good scene um interesting to talk to most memorable quotes i um i had um rich people are naive no resentments no crease on them from kitek um, you know what kind of plan never fails? No plan, um, no plan at all. Um, you know why? Because of, because life cannot be planned. Um, if there's one thing I hate, it's people cross the line from Mr. Park. Um, that's all I care about. What you need is bigger. Um, from Q. Um, to, to you, Chanel, like what was kind of your most memorable quote from this one? Quote? Well, I didn't really have. I don't really remember quotes like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm just being honest. Yeah. But, um. I just, um, I just admired how like the son from the poor family, what's his name, Kijong, Ki, no yeah, Kijong, yeah, like how he was just um, the driving force of everything. Like he was the one yeah. who like uh, orchestrated everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Savon, to you, like, what was kind of the most memorable quote for you on this one? Um, I have to go back to the last scene when uh, Mr. Well, the poor guy was like, hello, Mr. Parker. He was like, you know me? He was like, respect! <laughs> and then he died. Respect! <laughs> respect! And he died. I was like, okay, well, guess he didn't get that. But no, that, that whole little scene was right there. You know me? <laughs> like, what? Bro, I did all this. You yeah, st- yeah, it was, that was crazy. crazy. Yeah, that was a good. One of my funniest quotes. Um, transitioning to, to, uh, what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, for me, just kind of like the social themes that it was dealing with the, the difference, um, between both of the families, how it was highlighted and just, um, even for the dad, like him just boiling over the, um, the, the superior, the superiority and the frustration with it just boiling over and that just the, the division of class and what you're seeing in terms of social structures and what one family has and access to and the other one doesn't, um, was really like um, a fascinating element for, for me in this one. Um, but to you, Chanel, like what kind of uh, part of the storyline did you, did you like the most um, in this film? Um, where just everything went downhill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just like, I, it was so like when I first watched the movie, I just knew like the, like I even drew it out here. Like when even the first 10 minutes of the movie, it was going so fast. Like they were, everything was going too good, too fast. Right. And I just knew it had to like 
drop down like sometime soon. And I was just waiting for that point. Mm-hmm. So I think that like that whole experience there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Savan, overall to you, like what did you kind of like the most about the storyline? I like how it has the hierarchy. I mean, the hierarchy. So ooh, I don't know what that was. Hierarchy, and I, I love how um, it kind of played into the, it played into those roles a little bit, and people having morals and empathy. Just how the the guy at the end kills the guy for not being appreciative and just being a, a butthole throughout the film. Um, I like how they played. I think that probably tugged at a lot of people's ride tomatoes quotation ride tomatoes heartstrings about that. But I do I do like the way. It ended so crazy like that. It didn't give us one of those normal endings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It gave us one of those ending. crazy endings. Yeah. And then it was just like, he just walked in, not in a sunset, but in a dark room. Like, who ends a movie like this? Like, <laughs> I have so many questions. But uh, I like how they, yeah. how they did that, though. Yeah, and that's the thing, because, like, Bong Joon-ho is, like, considered, like, a really, like, unique director, one that doesn't give, Mm -hmm. you know, typical movies. Like, like, overall, like, uh, either one of you can give your first thoughts. Like, was the direction in terms of just certain things that he did, um, he got much acclaim for it. Like, like what in particular did you kind of, like, maybe not like or maybe liked more of in in this film in terms of what he did? Because some, like like you said, Savon, the ending was really, like, um, not clear, uh, kind of like a, a mysterious ending that that didn't give like a a really solidified ending. But at the same time, um, we had thrills and twists in this, but maybe not as clear of a direction as some people wanted. Oh, I'm sorry, that was <laughs> thrown to me. I thought I, I heard he was like, "Anybody want to jump at this?" Yeah, oh, anybody. Whoever wants to go uh, first, whoever wants to go oh, okay, first. Yeah, can, ladies can first. German <laughs> status, ladies first. <laughs> well <laughs> like to me um he he could have done a better like a better way of just introducing like the mom and dad into it i felt like it was so like rushed and he just like threw them in there just because the two were already in there right like you know when i when i got to that part of the movie i was like uh whatever like it was like okay it's just part of the movie and I didn't really like it it was just a dip and I felt like it could have been done better but the end like made up for it in my opinion so yeah um Savan to you in terms of of this direction and the uniqueness of it um and 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 just kind of not not like the clear nature of the ending uh what in particular stood out to you the of the direction that Bong Joon-ho gave for this one I, I I like how he kind of summed it all up. I think in between he left little little nuggets here and there, and they kind of like I think the whole thing was about respect. The entire film was about respect and and how the people who are rich and have money see people that are poor and just they. I think one it was like they reek of poor, like they reek they feel like they're poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And I was always like, emphasized. that's crazy. So I think the whole film was about respect. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're going to die. <laughs> you still can die. You still bleed. Like, you're going to die. Like, you don't be out of butthole just because you have money. I think that was the, the whole, um, thing, whole like, thing about the movie. And I think it summed it up right. Somebody's going to get justice. Somebody's going to get tired yeah. of other people, you know, doing things to people and... He just walked up to him. And was like, you know what? Turn around, buddy. I'm gonna stab you in your 
he stabbed him in a weird way. Well, he probably he stabbed him in the heart. <laughs> I think he probably did hit his heart. And then he just, and then the funny thing about it, he looked at the wife fall, fainting. He was like, okay, she didn't say anything. So I'm just going to walk gingerly over here. And <laughs> Downstairs. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk over. Do y'all remember uh, the episode with Tom and Jerry when he thought he had the mouth? I mean, yeah, um, Jerry in the uh, the West comedy, he was like, <laughs> he was coming by the door. That's what it reminded me of. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I love Tom, Tom and Jerry. Jerry analogies. Man, Savon's always. <laughs> Um, but but to, to close it out with our, with our last topic, ten years from now, do um you still think it's watchable and, and, and intriguing? Um, to, to me, like the, the the twists and thrills of this and just the unpredictable nature, I, I do think some will find it fascinating. Others um may not really stick to it and and, and really be um captured and enthralled by it. Um, but to you, Chanel, like ten years from now, do you still think this will be a watchable and, and intriguing film? Yeah, I feel like this film will be analyzed, and I feel like. It would be the the movie where you'll be in a literature class and they'll bring it up because <laughs> there's a lot of things that you can talk about it and they're like, okay, they'll psycho like analyze every like every part of the movie. Like I I see it as that film, but like I wouldn't be like, oh, this is my favorite film and I'll watch it again because I don't think it's that kind of film. But for the film lovers and whatnot, they'll love it. Like, they'll just keep talking about it, all the symbolism and all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, films like Get Out and Us, th- those are going to be mm-hmm. talked about for years, even longer yeah. than this one. Um, even better films from, from what Jordan Pill did. Um, but to, to you, Savon, 10 years from now, do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing? No. Oh. And that's it. I'm not going to explain. No, and, I'm going to explain. Is <laughs> going to close I, it out like that? <laughs> it was a... It was a I gave a hand clap to a point that said it was the right timing. Ten years yeah. from now, I don't think it will be the right timing. I think Peel's movies, um, Us and uh, Get Out, and also Candyman when it comes when it comes to theaters, um, yep. which theaters are back mm-hmm. open for a little bit. They're showing a couple shows if y'all do if you do want to go to the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. and it is. Um, I don't think it will be watchable. I I think it's one of those films that had a great moment. And be like, oh, okay, it was, it was, it's yeah. whatever. It's like, um, I don't know if you ever watched The Human Centipede. Don't watch it. But I watched that movie one time and never watched it again. It was <laughs> oh. disturbing. Oh gosh. No. Yes, it was, uh-huh. and I was, I was forced to watch it with <laughs> my older brother. So, um, <laughs> yeah, never again. So I think it's one of those movies that just in that moment it had its accolades, <laughs> and now it's just gonna go back in a vault like Disney does. Put it in a vault. Nobody's gonna talk about it. Um, I don't think it was that worthy of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Now can the director follow that up? Kind of like a one-hit wonder. But will Mm -hmm. it get that Mm -hmm. much praise in the U.S. like it did with this film? I doubt it. Yeah. And and Chanel, like, do you think more international films will will be, like, even given more chances like Parasite was? Or do you think it's one of those things where it's maybe an isolated case where it was just a unique year, year for it to be able to like receive this type of award. I feel like Parasite will be like the only movie 
that's gonna do it. It, it was just the right timing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I do not see any other international films. Like pe- people are trying to do that with other international films. Like I see like some Spanish, French films, but it's never gonna. Uh, it's never gonna be like Parasite because Parasite was just, it was just sweet that moment, and that's it. Yeah. Like with movies like Get Out and Us, like I feel like that's gonna be even like more impactful because mm-hmm. um I don't know is I've <laughs> I just probably like the movie more or it's just mind blowing yeah. but parasite just dealt with current issues in just a foreign way absolutely well Chanel it has been an absolute pleasure having you on for, for the first time for this review um thank you so much for being on thank you so much for having me yeah well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendy Burns, by my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.